everybody. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Dear Bear Book Club. That's I'm Kirsty. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Hi, I'm Nikki. <laughs> and I'm Kirsty. <laughs> and this is a podcast and where we read books. <laughs> and then and review them. And then we tell you about them, whether or not they were good or bad. In our own opinion. In our own personal humble opinion. <laughs> um, yeah, here we are. We're doing it. Hey, you know, I don't think we've ever uh, talked about how we named the podcast. Yeah, I don't know if we did. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> sure. Um, so for a long time, the two of us had thought about like doing a podcast or some sort of like project together. Um, and then when we finally kind of decided podcast is the way to go. We were trying to come up with names and we were really struggling. So, um, but we noticed that each of our, uh, and this is where like feminism comes to die. Yeah, I feel um, a bit like it's, I, I mean, it's too late now, obviously, but I feel like a bit like less feminist because of it, but I think it's still cute. Yeah. So both of our husbands, like their nicknames for us, um, Evan refers to Nikki as like, Bear. His bear and <laughs> Joseph always calls me dear, so then dear bear book club just seemed to make sense. Um, yeah, <laughs> and our husbands have been a little snarky lately of being like, We need to like have more input and creative input into your podcast, and we've been very much like, We did not ask for your opinion, please. Yeah, these motherfuckers, like, off. honestly, where do men get the audacity? I'm sorry. To any men who listen to this podcast, I I highly doubt there's very many other than our husbands. But like, where do men get the audacity? Please, I want an answer. Because they just think that they could just say whatever they want. And maybe we're going to lose them as listeners. But you know what? We're calling (laughs) you out right now. Yeah. Um, Give unsolicited advice. Yeah. Like. (sighs) You played a role in the naming of this podcast inadvertently. So, you know, you're getting enough limelight here. Yeah. There you go. Here, here it is. Here's your time. Great of input. You named it, like, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it on our own this time. Yes, but yeah, thank you have... for the technology help. Evan. Oh yeah, that. Yeah, so that's how we named this podcast, which I think is pretty cute. Uh... Um. Yeah. So, how's it going? You you have some you have some company. Yeah, we have visitors. We have my brother in law and his lovely fiance visiting right now from the east coast. So it's very nice to have family on this side of the country, um, mm. even if it's just for a few few days. But um, yeah, it's lovely. Um, and like they're so thrilled to see mountains. And sometimes you forget how beautiful it is, and you're just like, yeah, "Yeah, the mountains are fucking awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we did like the mountains when we were there, but I gotta say, it's nice to be able to see, like, it's just, like, you know, the joke is that if you stand on a dime, you can watch your dog run away for three days Mm -hmm. in Saskatchewan, but, yeah, I, I like to be able to see. It's nice. And plus, the sunsets and sunrises are incredible. Mm-hmm. And this, you don't really get that in the mountains because, like, the mountains cover the sunset, but it's like still a nice yeah. sunset with the mountains. But anyway, 
And it's not even the mountains that are here, it's the mountains on Vancouver Island that block the sunset. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so kind of, it, it. to me, I don't know, maybe you don't feel the same way, but to me it's kind of claustrophobic because it's like you're boxed in by no. the ocean. Oh, see, to me, I've never not lived near a large body of water as in like a sea or an ocean. So the idea of living where there's not that yeah like my idea of like claustrophobia is like living in the prairie race because <laughs> <laughs> there's no open body of water and it stresses me out at one point when we open water stresses me out <laughs> <laughs> and i think like at one point we were choosing between like bc or like coming here or uh, moving to toronto and mm. um well like there's a huge lake right that toronto like sits on but i was like it's not actual open water so hmm. um there is like tides and stuff but like it's not it's lake tides and it's not yeah i just i was not really sure about that situation um and maybe i would be fine with it but i've come to realize that i've only ever lived near like open water and yeah i much hmm. prefer that hmm. yeah well, it's always fun when you go to see, like, if you live here and then you go to see open water, it's, like, way more interesting. Mm-hmm. And, like, anytime we would bring, like, any of our family from here to, like, the ocean, because when we mm-hmm. lived in, in Lawrencetown, like, we could just, like, go over the hill and there was, like, a little bay. Yeah. I guess. Is that funny? And, like, yeah, I think it yeah. was. Yeah. And, like my my family evan's family they're like this is the best this is the best part like not the halifax waterfront yeah not like anything else about nova scotia it was like this tiny shitty little bay like on the other side of where we lived yeah that they're like that was the best part which (laughs) also okay (laughs) the biggest uh change in tides in the world Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure yeah yeah, funny. Yeah, well, we didn't go like we we didn't ever see like the t- we Evan always wanted to go like tidal bore rafting, but like no, I'm I've done ter- it. It's incredible. I no, I I'm terrified of water. I'm terrified of drowning. So you guys can go. More power to mm. you. But like they put no. you're in life jackets. You're fine. Yeah, We're gonna go. Get, <laughs> no, if you get dragged down, if you get dragged under, like what the currents, the current you, they you bob you that's why you got a life jacket on you bob to the surface i don't know i don't know man i i that's my one like drowning is my biggest fear i when i was a little kid my mom loves to tell the story because i married a lifeguard Evan was a lifeguard that's how we met he loves to swim it's his favorite yep. thing me and, and evan think, are both water babies um yeah I think that I, I like to swim sometimes, like, you know, mm-hmm. I get into the water when it's too hot, but I like to come out in the water onto the sand and read. That's my ma- main reason for going to the beach. And I like to bake like a ham. Whereas but, I actually turn into a lobster, so I prefer <laughs> to be in the water. Yeah. So anyway, my mom thinks it's hilarious that I married a lifeguard because when I was little and I first started my swimming lessons, I told the instructor, so I was like, what, three or four years old? Mm-hmm. it was like time to put our heads under the water and i told the instructor that my head was too big and it wasn't gonna fit <laughs> so th- that's how i feel about putting my head under the water i still have to plug my nose like literally like this oh that's the worst thing you you can do 
well, Evans tried to teach me a, a hundred times to not do it, but I just, I get too scared. I don't that, want water in my nose. I hate okay. it. Okay, we're going to have a different conversation about this at a different time. But <laughs> um, <laughs> Joseph also, like, I'm pretty sure had, like, issues when it came to, like, um, passing, like, the swimming levels. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. I so, failed so many times. Whereas I was, like, in levels above, like, my age group. Um, I love being in the water. But my mom was also a lifeguard and um had well, me swimming. My... as soon as you have like the right vaccinations when you're a baby to then be like to go in the swimming pool and stuff my parents had me in the pool like that day like um well my dad is also terrified of water like he will not mm-hmm. swim he i like i think at some point i think the story is that he stepped in a sinkhole or something and went under ah. and panicked and after that like it was no no go yeah. So he hates swimming. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of passed on to me. Yeah. But like my, my mom, mom always swam. Yeah. But my not, mom was a competitive like... swimmer when she was little. Um, but also there's like such a huge importance when you grow up on the water. You mm. there's such a like a heavy importance of being able to swim. Yeah. Um, that I I think if you don't live with like people who like go to sea all the time and can potentially be lost at sea, they the like respect of the war like there is a deep understanding that you have to respect like it's a two-way thing Mm -hmm. um even though it is water like Mm -hmm. um you gotta understand the dangers and risks but i yeah oh god i could talk about swimming all day i love being (laughs) in the war but that's not what this podcast is about (laughs) it is not uh it's about books but hey that's how i got my best reading done when i was a kid on the beach so there you have it there's two sides to that that story Okay, but speaking of books, if we're going to jump right into it, I got some hot goss. Yeah? And, uh, well, it's not. It's it's old. But, so, you remember how last episode we were talking about Delia Owens and the Where the Crawdads Sing movie? Yep. Okay. So, I follow a bunch of book people on Instagram. And this one girl posted in her stories, or maybe, I'm pretty sure it was to her stories. She was saying, like, don't support this movie like the author is a piece of shit blah 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 blah, all this stuff Mm -hmm. and i was like what like why i've never Mm -hmm. heard like about this woman before in my life so like what could she possibly have done but there's a bunch of people on bookstagram who are like saying don't support this book oh Uh, apparently so this woman delia owens Mm -hmm. had like a really crazy interesting life she and her husband were like spent a lot of time in africa for like conservation mm-hmm. i don't know i didn't read too far to me i'm gonna like give this disclaimer straight up i read a bit of an article but i didn't read the whole thing i just wanted to know like what the deal was why everybody was boycotting this mm-hmm. but i will like i've literally only heard one person talk about it so i don't know how how widespread this is but yeah so she also published this book like where the crawdads sing when she was 70 years old like it's her first novel and she published it when she was 70 so that's pretty cool but so when they were working in africa as conservationists they have like now they're living in the states but they have been advised not to return to zambia Uh because of a murder that took place there and it was apparently filmed on camera when they were doing an episode of turning point okay an abc documentary show i think yeah so, like, they're wanted for questioning about this murder that happened, both her and her husband, 
Okay. And her stepson, I think. Apparently, nobody thinks she did it, but she they think she has information about it, and they think that like it, like it could have been her husband or her stepson. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so if you have any more information about this, please write in because I would love to know. I'm gonna More go down about... a deep dive of this now. <laughs> I okay, have, you should. Yeah, you should. I have because... the book, but I bought it. It was one of those ones that you like get at the airport, um, where you can like exchange it back, and then they sell them for like cheap. I was like, yeah. oh sweet, five dollars for this book. I'm buying it, um, because it only had like one of the corners was like slightly crinkled, um, but yeah, that's a little fucked. Yeah, and now yeah. I feel so, bad. Like... like I really wanted to see the movie, particularly it's got some. Um, Taylor Swift's involved with it um, with yeah. the music mm-hmm. Daisy Edgar Jones who we love who was in Normal People yeah well everyone really talks weird. about how great the book is so I was kind of like that's why I was like what what and even this like I'm not sure like if she's mm-hmm. not involved but maybe there's more to the to the story yeah. than this article that I was reading doesn't say but it doesn't sound like she is involved at all but it, like people were mad a bit sketch though on instagram and i'm like mm. so yeah we maybe need to look into that a little bit more or yeah. just we choose not to do as an episode uh, <laughs> well i i wasn't but, planning on it but i mean everybody talks about how great the book is yeah so um also i have a question mm-hmm. who the fuck is colleen hoover and should i be reading <laughs> Her books. Okay, I have opinions about Colleen Hoover. <laughs> okay, um, let's hear it because like okay. so many people are blowing the shit out of her, and I'm just like, I'm gonna look I, up what because I always forget what it's called. Um, what is the deal? Like, is it is it worth it? I guess is the question that I'm asking. Okay, have you read any of her books? Apparently, she's been around for a while. So, I read one of her books. Okay, um, I read it a few years ago. I think it was probably fresh out at the time when I read it. Mm, no, mm-hmm. it wasn't because it just says this one came out in 2016 and I was living in BC by that point and I didn't move to BC until 2017. So <laughs> I reckon it was probably like 2018-ish. Mm-hmm. Maybe, tw- no, it had to have been like 2018. Um, I read the book, It Ends With Us. And it's very- Okay, that's the one. one everybody's talking about. It came out that long ago? Came out in 2016. Yeah, because um, one of my sister-in-laws, she um, was telling me how she really wanted to read it. And I was like, oh, why? Um, <laughs> I was like, I really didn't like it. And apparently, like, around about Christmas, it was hard to find the book because so many people were snapping it up. And I was like, I gave it away. Like, I didn't <laughs> like the book. Um, but I don't know if I was maybe just not in the right frame of mind for it. But the premise of that book is there's this girl, um, and her parents were in like an abusive relationship. Like her dad was abusive while she was growing up. Um, and she then meets this guy, is with him, but then he starts to show like manipulative and abusive tendencies. But like, this is after they've been like wooed for a while. Mm. And the whole premise is, like, it ends with us. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm cutting myself off with him. But, and this is major spoilers, she doesn't immediately do that. She has a child with him. And then, I th- I'm pretty sure he, like, had his abusive tendencies come up before they had a child. 
then they mm. have a child and i think it was once they had a child she was then like no this ends with us and that's why the book is named that like um and but for me like and i understand people end up in these different situations but if you're writing a book you also have the creative power to choose how you're like leading these people's lives and if this person had been so adamant like this character in the book had been so adamant about like I need to advocate for myself and wanted her mom to like split from her dad for such a long time if she had Mm. that strong of feelings and then she had noticed these like tendencies no matter if you're in love with a person or not you have to cut yourself off you've essentially put your child in a very vulnerable situation by having a child and there was just like some problems with like that and that's only like my vague memory of the book um Mm. But I just remember being very angry and frustrated because I was like, this to me doesn't actually seem like it's that good. But I do know I have a lot of like friends. Well, not a lot of friends who, let's be real here, um, (laughs) who there's a few people that I know who have like read the book. Like one of my um, one of Joseph's brother's girlfriends, she has a friend who's like read every single one of them and they like love reading them and and I'm just like I'm not sure so I was gonna give a different one of hers because when I was talking um with Renee she was saying oh well I did read that one and I can understand why you maybe didn't like it um but I would maybe give like this other one a go because it's singularly different but she said a lot of the books do follow very similar patterns which I understand Mm. romance novels do that and like Jesus Christ I read all of the Bridgerton novels and some of them follow the exact same pattern but like with those and some of them there is toxic behavior traits in those like Jesus Christ Mm. um I mean what is the 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 turn of the century yeah like it's not um some of the best behavior um but with that in mind and I'm not like saying any of this but if your like main person is being like I don't want to end up in this situation and they essentially yeah I just I think there are other ways to promote not promote oh my god where am I going with this um there are other ways to portray violence against women Mm -hmm. without where you can um like empower women rather than like tearing them down and i just don't feel that that book did a very good job of empowering um i feel like there could have been other things that were done and that's more where i have a problem with it i don't Hmm. own the book anymore so i can't like give it to you or anything to like see what your opinion is of it um because straight up people were bringing in books to work so like if anybody wanted any of them we were like Mm. swapping them and then donating Mm -hmm. the rest of them and that's what Mm -hmm. happened to that book i don't think anybody picked it up because anytime anyone picked it up i was like oh i don't like that book don't don't um don't bother (laughs) okay um yeah but she she is prolific and has a lot of books out but i i i'm willing to give her a second chance but so far not impressed and um (laughs) yeah well i didn't expect you to to like know what i I thought we were gonna have a nice funny conversation about how we're too old for book talk and we don't know what's going on but oh yeah apparently i was on the beat a couple years ago um (laughs) Uh, you were ahead of the curve kirsten ahead yeah it was one of those 
sorry, it was just one of those ones that like I was randomly in chapters after work one day and I was just like, oh, this seems like a cool book. Um, yeah. Picked it up and bought it. Like I had never heard of this person before, had no idea what her books were about. Um, yeah, it was nuts though. Um, and now that she's so all over the place, it just seems bananas. Well, it's literally, yeah, it's book talk. That's where her like her like resurgence I guess is coming from and I didn't even realize Mm -hmm. like she's like I didn't realize that this book has been around for so long so I wonder like where it came from yeah but but if we're gonna talk about book talk for a hot second and you want to pick like a romantic novel um I loved The Love Hypothesis by Ali Hazelwood Mm -hmm. I really Mm want to do an episode about that book at some point because it's so in my mind it's so sweet um but it's also like entrenched within academia the author herself is actually um works within stem and oh that's cool i didn't yeah, know yeah but it, she's a huge romance novel fan so mm-hmm. she decided she was gonna write her own like one that was like catered towards academia um and she actually has a second one coming out i think it's coming out in the fall um but also, again, has a lot of, like, STEM-related things. And because my husband is doing his PhD, they were talking about, like, how you have your PhD committee and, like, they have to pass you and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, my God, I know what this is all this is all about. And yeah. because for, well, I was going to say a brief blip of my undergrad, half of my undergrad, I was actually a biology student. Um, so when they were <laughs> talking about um, doing, like, Western blots and some other of the things, I was like, oh, my God, I know what this is. And you don't need to have any of that knowledge. Um, but it was kind of cool to have had that knowledge. And, yeah, just – and the way that they, like, do the book, because um, it's called The Love Hypothesis, every beginning of the chapter there's, like, a hypothesis, but it's all to do with, like um, – like the tale it's like actually how you would write a hypothesis but it's all to do with like the love story and stuff like that it's really funny that's um, cute yeah i have to yeah i've been seeing that one around a lot too so mm-hmm. i'll have to give that one a shot for sure well and we might do it on an episode so yeah we'll get to talk about it more in detail so um yeah that's uh that's it for me that's all i wanted to talk about anything else yeah. from you no, I was just going to talk about the love hypothesis. That was the only thing I was going to bring to the table, and I've done that. So, <laughs> well, yeah, we'll definitely pl- we'll plan for that to be in an episode mm-hmm. because it sounds good. I want to hear about it for sure. Yeah, I have also been like pouring over different romance novels, like using the Libby app for audiobooks. I think I've like either um, placed a hold or a reservation on most of the romance section. <laughs> um or the ones that interest me anyway um which then I did go down a deep dive and then I found um like see those like really corny ones with like the really bad covers that like Mm. you would maybe well my granny would have had them like the old like reader's digest like harlequin covered ones I came upon one I came upon one um that had this like half ripped scots guy on the like a scottish guy with like a kilt on and it was um it's getting scott in here (sighs) and i showed joseph so then for the next (laughs) few days he was like it's getting scott in here i was like oh my good god (laughs) um 
Okay, yeah. it'll be it'll be fun to do an episode of like those really horrible like yeah and really bad like Joseph's like romance ones. so I presume you're gonna read it then let me know what happens I was like no I do have a fine line of like <laughs> what I will read and that is beyond the line um yeah so I yeah. have decided that it would be really cool for me to write like a, a romance novel like set in Scotland but it would definitely have slightly different like than the stereotypical tropes I'm not doing anything where there's like some half-clad clansman on the cover like covered in tar in yeah you should do it you should do it but like and make fun of that stuff yeah like outlander but like that outlander that doesn't take it so seriously yeah which that's actually what i just started reading because i didn't know what we were gonna do for our next episode so i was just like oh i yeah i'm -hmm. just gonna read whatever i feel like reading but fuck, they're always so big they're like fucking like 500 pages each anyway this is like the second to last one because she just released one in 2021 oh, okay so this is like the second to last well i don't know if the next one is going to be her last one but mm-hmm. like how how much longer can you keep it going like this is six yeah. I'm, th- I'm pretty sure the one i'm reading is number six <laughs> but i mean there was some iffy iffy books in the middle but like it's gotten good again so okay I'm gonna i never to read it, the I books i watched the tv show but then kind of fell off in w- the middle of one of the seasons, we just like dropped off and stopped watching it. Um, yeah, same, same. It does get, like I said, it, got, it gets a bit weird in the middle, but. Mm-hmm. It was once they went to the States, I was like, I yeah. dropped off. Um, I watched like a it's... few episodes and then I think I just needed, I know that there's like another storyline that cuts in. So I was like, maybe I just didn't give it enough time, but um, I could see where certain things were leading and I was like, mm. Mm. yeah yeah the tv show is like a bit yeah it's a i mean it's good and like the actors are great yeah and it's like a show showtime or whatever show so Mm. like obviously it's gonna be good but like yeah yeah. but i like the the first book was amazing and i'll always think of greece when i think of outlander because i read (laughs) the entire first book when we were in greece yeah and like, and it was really kind of awkward because there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in that. And she says balls so much, like too much. Anyway, there's a lot of sex scenes and I'm like sitting on vacation with my in-laws yeah. and like my, he was my fiance at the time. We weren't married yet. And yeah. like his siblings, it was, but I would just sit there. With, oh God, I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop reading. It was so good. You just reminded me of something I sent you the other day. Um, where I was like, why do, oh, here we go. I've also determined I don't like the words pussy, panties, or baby in any romance novels. There are other words. Don't use those. Yeah. There's my little (laughs) request. Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. Anyway, let's, let's talk about what we're here to talk about. (laughs) So, this is our second read-along episode, where we tell you the book well ahead of time, so that you can potentially read it, so that you are well aware by the time this episode comes out. Um, on that note, too, we we do have lives and other things going on, so that's why sometimes we don't post ahead <laughs> of time. That this time I did. Book. Last time I yes. did. Last episode I didn't. But this episode I did. We've also had some busy things going on on in our lives recently, so we haven't <sighs> yeah. been that good at doing it, but 
Hopefully we will improve, but <laughs> that's the, the idea beto- behind these episodes is that there is a bit longer for you guys to be aware of these episodes because the next one is like eight weeks out. So, um, yeah. yeah. So this time it is Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine by Gail Honeymoon. So within Canada, this one was released by Penguin. And in yeah, 2017. In 2017. And I had seen it around for a long time. And yeah. Um, well, this is actually kind of a cute story because how did we buy these books, Kirsty? So in the fall, we knew that Nikki and Evan were leaving. So we decided that we needed to take a trip together. So um, we ended up on Vancouver Island in a cottage for a weekend. And on our way back to the ferry to come back to um, mainland BC, we stopped into two different used bookstores. And one of the ones mm-hmm. that we were in I picked up this book and was like, oh, I might get this book. Um, And then Nikki was like, oh, where'd you pick that up at? (laughs) So we both bought the books from the same used bookstore at the same time, which is Fireside Books, which I think Mm -hmm. is in Parkside. Yeah, because I'm using using the bookmark I got from there. It's Parkside, yeah. Yeah. I don't have that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he was like, do you want a bookmark? And I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah. It was such a lovely bookstore. I remember very distinctly that one. That one was really mm, nice. That one was nice. The other had, one was like a bit crazy. It had like shit all over the place. Yeah. But this one was a bit nicer. And I think this is where I also got that really nice copy of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, they had like a really nice section of like kind of like rarer covers. Um, It was really cool. Yeah. So also this debut novel of um, Honeyman's is set within the Glasgow area. And she is also... Um, lives in Glasgow too and if you do your homeland yeah my homeland not quite specifically there but roughly um, <laughs> and if you listen to the audiobook too it's a Scottish um, person who reads the audiobook because hmm. um, it took me a hot second I was like wait a minute that's not English uh, well like <laughs> England English um or like north american english because a lot of the podcasts i listen to are either by like english people or north americans and um i was like oh that's like kind of nice and actually it got because then i looked into it they did get um nominated i don't know if they won any awards for the audiobook but they definitely got nominated for some awards for the audiobook um interesting yeah well, I just read here that it's soon to be a major motion picture produced by Reese Witherspoon. Well, the one that I have also said it's a Reese's book club book. Yeah, mine says that too. Yeah. So that doesn't surprise me that it's been made into a movie. Um, I just don't know how they're going to do that, but like, okay. Yeah. Mm. Well, actually, okay, I'm just very curious to know what you thought, because we haven't really talked about it that much, like, with, with the normal, or not, sorry, not normal people, um, Beautiful yeah. World. We were kind of texting back and forth and be like, oh, this, like, took me a while to get into it, but I really like it now, and but we haven't really done that this time. So I'm actually very curious to hear what you have to say. <laughs> um, but first, would you like to read the, the, the back summary, or yeah. do you want me to? Okay. Oh, yeah, it says on the back here, soon to be produced. Yeah, 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 that's what okay. I said. I just noticed that. Oh, okay. Yeah. No one's ever told Eleanor that life should be better than fine. 
Meet Eleanor Oliphant. She struggles with appropriate social skills and tends to say exactly what she's thinking. Nothing is missing in her carefully timetabled life, where weekends mostly consist of frozen pizza, vodka, and phone chats with mummy. But everything changes when Eleanor meets Raymond, the bumbling IT guy from her office, whose big heart will ultimately help Eleanor find the way to repair her own profoundly damaged one. Smart, warm, and uplifting, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine is the story of an out-of-the-ordinary heroine whose deadpan weirdness and wit make for an irresistible journey as she realises the only way to survive is to open your heart. Alright. Okay, well, what, so what did you think, Kirsty? <laughs> it's not for me. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe if I gave it another go in like a year. Maybe I'm not in the right frame of mind for it right now. Because I do understand that sometimes, like the first time I read Normal People, I was not satisfied with the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we've told people what I did, but I flung the book across the room. <laughs> I was pissed. Yeah. But I wasn't in the right space at the time to have read that book. And I can understand that. I it is still one of my favorite books of all time. So maybe in a year's time, I could give this book another go and I'll thoroughly enjoy it. Because I've spoken mm-hmm. to a couple people who said, oh my God, I love that book. I love that it was set in Scotland. This was so great. Ugh. But um, that's such a small part of like what the book is. <sighs> yeah. Like, well, it's nice. That's cool. Like, mm-hmm. you know. And I understand that it deals with a lot of very important themes. Like, we've talked about, like, trauma and things like that on here. And I feel that that's such a important part of, like, literature now is actually people, like, being able to deal with that. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she's round about our age in this, too. So, um, I think at some point they she mentions that she's, like, 28 or 29. Um, I think... I think, like, at one point it's her birthday and she, like, doesn't remember that it's her birthday and she turned, like, 31 or something like that. Okay, yeah, I thought that she was, yeah, so roughly around our age, but um, it took me so long to get into because I get secondhand embarrassment very easily, Mm. so her conversations with people being so, like, brazen mm-hmm. and yeah abrupt yeah and, and she's describing abrasive. it as people like people are, aren't very good at communicating but not realizing that it's her that's really hard at communicating and yeah. that's just i picked up on that very quickly and mm-hmm. i was like this is very awkward and yeah oh my god the moment she sat down to get that wax done I oh was my like, god sweet jesus especially when she didn't <laughs> understand and like i understand not everybody has like common knowledge or like general knowledge about things like that so you do need to explain some of those things um but yeah as soon as she said she wanted the hollywood i was like oh my god she's gonna be yeah she's gonna she's gonna be stripper yeah yeah um i didn't even know what the hollywood was but i assumed it was that so yeah but it was also like saying like french brazilian hollywood so i was like we're going down in size here um (laughs) yeah so yeah. Um Yeah. 
not one of my favorites to have ever had the pleasure of reading, yeah. but I can understand why people have really liked it. I can see that. It's just not the book for me. And yeah. I don't want to slam the book because I think there is a lot of potential in it. But again, it's just not the book for me. And I, yeah. I can admit that freely. And I really struggled reading this. Yeah. And it was so close to a, like, a did not finish. Yeah. And, yeah. And I even tried. I was like, well, I'm, I'm struggling to read this. I'll listen to the audiobook. That'll help me. Eh. That only went no. so far, and then I had to, yeah. like, flip back, and so it was, like, a combined effort, but, hmm, yeah, yeah just <laughs> not the book for me. And I know for some people there was a lot of, like, things that, like, was, like, almost like a twist at the end, but for me the twist wasn't that, It wasn't that good. It wasn't that surprising in my no. opinion, but also- no. I feel that that's also a thing that's been done quite a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. In. I wanted to know what other people thought of the book. So I then started looking up reviews. So The Guardian is one of those papers that I like sometimes read their articles on. And I thought that they said like a lot of like good things. Like most workplaces have an Eleanor. Somebody who's slightly odd. Plastic bag person who scuttles away from all communal enterprises. Um whose home life can only be speculated about and not always kindly. And I've worked in those work environments. It, it wasn't me that was that person, but um, in a previous place of employment, I there was a member of the staff that was living out of their van. And mm. the fact that people would like talk about this person in like really unkind ways in the lunchroom. Yeah. I... It never like I was just like, why are you talking about them? Like, they have a they lot. Have of it hard stuff. enough. They have it hard enough without like realizing that you're talking shit about them. Like, mm-hmm. it would yeah. So I can really like empathize with that, um, like character as a person. Like, um, but even like straight off the bat when she like basically was like. I drink two bottles of vodka on the weekend. I was like, there's something happening for somebody to be drinking to oblivion every weekend. Yeah. Um, That's, that was what made me like, cause I don't know. I had really no expectations going into this book. No, Again, I don't even, I, um, I don't think I read the back. Like I was just like, okay, well this is the next read along. I just gotta yeah, go, go for it. And then, so I was reading like that so like the brazilian wax thing happened and i was mm-hmm. like huh this is kind of funny like is this like it's just going to be kind of like a heartwarming story about how someone who has like social skill problems is going to like figure out how to love that's kind yeah. of what i thought the book was going to be about and then all of a sudden she's like i drink two bottles of wine on the weekends so that i can forget that i'm alive basically and i was like oh shit like what what did mm-hmm. I get myself into? What is this book about? Yeah. And something that like when I was reading the review too, um, it mentioned like given the number of books about dementia, memory loss, and other mental health issues, it's surprising that it's taken profound loneliness this long to take center stage. And I was like, Yeah, that is like a huge thing within this book. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and you don't realize how detrimental that is to somebody's health. And I think mm-hmm. that we kind of know that now. Like 
we are coming yeah, out the, the other side yeah of a global pandemic and hopefully this is the other side of it but we're slowly coming out and i think the profound effect of loneliness that has on people is really being seen um so in some ways there and there's so many like small nuggets from this book that were absolutely brilliant but mm-hmm. it's all like small tiny little moments of like light and i understand that for some books that you read those small little tiny nuggets of light are all that you need to make a book fantastic but just for me this just wasn't the book that did it and um yeah yeah I think it's interesting that you mentioned loneliness I also had that written down as a note because because we've been we've because the pandemic has brought us such into focus how loneliness can affect you and how we're Mm -hmm humans like as much as we like to think i hate people i don't want to talk to anybody after i've worked in retail and i cannot see another single person yeah or else i'll like literally self-combust like having no one like do you think that okay so the spoiler if, if you spoiler 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 skip ahead if you don't want a spoiler but like do you think that eleanor's co-workers like would have thought she would be the kind of person to kill herself like no like they would never have known and and even and because she was kind of considered the oddball they didn't want to look close enough Mm -mm. to see if she was actually fine like just because she acted like she like she acted quote-unquote normal to the extent that she could carry on a conversation and she came to work on time and she left when she was done that's all they would see so she they would think she was quote-unquote fine like she wasn't having meltdowns in the middle of the office or anything like that so do you think that they would have made the connection that she was so depressed or so traumatized that she like was like a second away from killing herself no and i think that the only way that they ever would have known was if she didn't appear at work and and that's exactly what happened exactly so it's just like it just brings into focus like what what loneliness can do mm-hmm. and like on that note like i this is why i think that we're gonna have a hard time actually bringing like mental health to where it should be like mental health treatment mm-hmm. to where it should be is because over the last two years over the pandemic there has been a lot of people that are like our parents age i would say Mm -hmm. so like old the older generation Mm -hmm. who have said to me things like who have read articles about people committing suicide and they've been like how could this person like how could this person get to that point they were so beautiful they were so this they were so that they had everything going in their lives and i'm like what like how can you think that way like, how can you think that way? Just because it looks like from the outside mm-hmm. that everybody, like, everything is fine, that they have everything. That does, yeah. you have no idea what's going on in their head. Because that's what it is. Your head is going to tell you things that's, it's going to warp things when yeah. you have depression. 100%. And, and as somebody who, like, lives with, like, anxiety and depression, it is a toll to constantly remind yourself okay right now my brain is thinking that nobody likes me and um and you know like to help your depression you need to go outside and like communicate with people 
But then mm-hmm. your anxiety doesn't want you to go outside and communicate with people. You want to yeah. stay inside for it's safe. Yeah. So it's two of these things. And I know that people like suffer with different symptoms for things, but it's something that like everything can also look perfectly fine on the outside. But what is happening on the inside is a very different situation. Mm-hmm. And I think unless it gets to the brink where somebody is like consistently suffering at one level because I I don't know if like you guys would have necessarily noticed except I did have a like a drastically change change in behavior um when it all kind of came to a head but then I told you guys because I was like I can't not tell people and now I'm so prolific with telling people that um but I feel that I need to there's some part of me that needs to do that it's not to like validate anything for myself but it's to make sure that other people know that they are valid and telling it to me and knowing that like because like a burden shared is a burden halved not really but like the idea behind that is good um and yeah and not having like somebody that you can even just express like at work things that are going on in your personal life like Christ, the ladies that I work with probably know way more about my personal life than I like would care for them to know. But um But you spend so much time there. Yeah. Like it's and it's nice to be able to just be like, oh my God, bleh, this happened. Yeah. Bleh. Like yeah. And it's kind of like an outside perspective. Yeah. And then when I come home, I have that almost like shift of like, okay, so this happened at work and now yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gonna have to listen to me about that. Um, which is funny, Joseph was telling um, his brother about this movie or TV show that's just come out. I can't remember what it's called, but essentially, when you go to work, you automatically forget everything about your personal life. And then when you go home, you forget everything about your work life. And I'm like, oh my mm. god, wish I could do yeah. that at times. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's like kind of odd too. Um, but yeah, just not having somebody that you could even, like, confide in. But when you're dealing with so much trauma, too, like, it's hard to well, and I think that's, things. Um, yeah. That's why it was so bad, like, when it ended up coming to a head. Yeah. Was because not, like, she had pushed down her trauma so much mm-hmm. that she basically blocked, like, she bl- blocked yeah. it out. Like, she didn't even remember what happened. Yeah. And there were certain so, things too, like um, when you're saying about like her co-workers and stuff about them not like being like very friendly with her too. Very early in the book, they talk about like she walks in on them, like make, making, making fun, fun of, of her. her. And yeah. that in itself, I was like, oh my God, um, this is horrible. Like one, mm-hmm. that you've even heard this in the first place, but two... That people, like, feel the need to even do that. Like, mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on in somebody else's life. And, like, fair enough, if she's a weirdo or odd, like, <laughs> yeah, like, people will so make is everybody. about it. But, like, fuck, I'm weird. Like, um, yeah. everybody's weird in their own ways. Like, why you feel the need to be nasty about it Yeah, is, like, beyond me, really. Like, Well, I... And I think, like, the weird thing is, is that, like, you you realize what's happening, but I don't think she realizes. Yeah. And that's the thing for me, is that, like, so I, I feel feel the same as you. Like, it, I don't think it's for me. Honestly, my first thought was, I can't believe Reese, our queen Reese, <laughs> did this to us. Yep. Not, not that I feel like it's a bad recommendation, 
I just don't get why, like, even on Goodreads, it's like 4.2, it has 4.26 stars. Yeah. But I'm like, did everyone like it this much? Like, I just don't really get the hype. Like, it was a good book. And to know that it's like her debut novel, it's very impressive. Like, there's nothing wrong with the writing or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I just feel like, and I think it's a, a trope maybe maybe it's not but like I feel like I've read a few books where kind of the idea is or the trope is that it's a lovable asshole is the main character and you're supposed to like them by the end because they they become a better person yeah and I realize that she's kind of an asshole because of trauma and all that kind of stuff but I feel like there was a lot of books around the time this book came out, maybe a bit earlier. Like, do you remember The Rosie Project? Did you ever read yep. that one? No, I read that one. It, it does have very similar vibes to The Rosie Project. And I'm pretty yes. sure, like, one of the, like, immediate reviews on the top of it, um, like, says, um, like, is this, like, this is very similar to The Rosie Project. And, um yeah um i uh, anyway i just i may i just don't like that trope and i don't find it relatable and maybe that's because i don't have the same mindset as the characters Mm -hmm. who they they have no social skills they they don't know how to interact with society and maybe that's i just i don't like that as a like a thing to fall back on i guess yeah which is weird because I like it in shows because I was thinking I just started rewatching Bones. I don't know if you've ever seen any episodes, but it's basically like this forensic anthropologist who teams up with an FBI agent. It's like a cheesy, mm-hmm. like do- like procedural cop show. Yeah, but she teams up with a, a an FBI agent, and he's like the one who you know can interact with humans. And she's, like, super smart and a genius. And she is very abrupt and has, like, doesn't know how to talk to people in, like, a socially, like, acceptable way. Mm-hmm. So I love that show. And, you know, I liked Big Bang Theory. Yep. Kind of the same kind of the same idea. But, like, I hated in books, apparently. Because I hated The Rosie Project and everybody else loved it. And I didn't yeah. understand why everybody else loved it. Okay, I love The Rosie Project. Um, <laughs> so I think that this... And I'm trying, like, I think it was just because I, like, I, now that I think more about it, I think I did like the book, but it was more that I, like, if you're making a book, there are ways for you to make it, still get all the information across the way you did, but I just found it so hard to get into Mm -hmm, that that's why I'm holding a grudge against it. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that's why I would potentially give it a lower rating because when you're an author, especially of like contemporary like novels and stuff, like a lot of these books are meant for you to like just pick up and be able to read like on a beach or different mm-hmm. places. And I understand that maybe this isn't like a beach read, um, but you do have to make your books available to a large audience and i understand that it was written in a certain way because of who the character is and i can appreciate that but also at the same time it was so difficult to get into that i just Mm -hmm. i don't know if i can get past that either yeah um 
because I'm also I was just looking through like Goodreads just now while you were talking to and like yeah um most of like my friends who've read it is either five or four stars um hmm. and <laughs> but when I was looking at like the rating details there's still one percent of readers who've read it that um gave it a one star which is like nearly eleven thousand people hmm. so there yeah. are people who don't like it but it's verging on like half a million who gave it five stars so yeah um, yeah like i totally understand what you mean so the book is separated into like three parts the good what 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 is it i have it written down good days bad days and better days mm -hmm. and i think that like after thinking about it for a while it's it was like not the bad days but i would have liked the better days to be longer because like that's when she gets into counseling and like starts to like actually call Raymond her friend and Turn like all that kind around. of stuff. Yeah, he was definitely like she was like they were definitely friends beforehand and she was kind of realizing it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't need the good days part to be as long as it was because it just it took forever to get to the point and I don't like, I can kind of understand, like, there was a lot of setting up mm -hmm. the story, but I think it could have been done way, way faster. And as much as I, I know that, like, the character of, like, um, what's his face? The guy that she, like, fell in, like, the pop star dude. Um, oh, yeah. Johnny Lomond. He could have just, like, been cut, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I, like, I don't know why he was in there. Um, like, I get... He was kind of the catalyst, though. Like, yeah. that was the reason why she ended up in that really dark place. Yeah. But I don't, like... you. It could have been something else. It literally mm. could have been anything else. Because she was such, like so like hanging by a thread mm -hmm. like it could have literally could have been anything yeah that it didn't need to have that like weird but then i guess i kind of now okay now thinking about it she was trying to make her life normal in the way like that everybody thinks that their life should the right follow way. like a convention yeah pattern. so she was like trying to make herself beautiful she was thinking like she was fantasizing about all these things that they were going to do together that was quote-unquote normal like grocery shopping going to a mm -hmm. movie like all that stuff and she was trying to force herself to be quote-unquote normal so i guess i can kind of understand now like why but again he didn't necessarily need to be in it. Like, yeah. it, had no it had nothing to do with him. She doesn't even, you don't even see them meeting. Like, you hear about it after. Yeah. I don't even think they meet. She just sees him from, like, the crowd. Yeah, I don't think that she realized that he's not the person for her while she's at the concert. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do think it's kind of interesting, though, because, like, when you have a character that's, like, this socially inexperienced. Yeah. You kind of you kind of see like the small things for like what they are, which is like uh, like people are thinking about you. Like she I can't remember what what point this was, but I think it was that Raymond remembered that she liked something in her coffee or she had a preferred mm -hmm. snack or something. It was something like that and she she was like, Oh, that's actually like he remembered. Like that is that yeah. is this what friendship is? So that's kind of nice to, like, take it back to that and remember that, like, people doing that for you is, like, mm -hmm. 
but when you're so like cut off and like ostracized from everybody you kind of forget that people are well for for a lot of people they are very kind and very lovely and that's where I genuinely through certain parts I was like I do feel so lucky that I do have a person in my life that I can like rely on and depend on and now it's not just one person because like as much as my husband is that one person for most Mm -hmm. of the time I know that like if I desperately needed help from you at any point I could call or text you and you would be there in a heartbeat I have friends in a few other places that 100% would do that for me here like um Mm -hmm. here and in Scotland and on the east coast like and it's so good to have those like little bubbles of people that you know you can rely on but like on a day-to-day basis Joseph is that person for the most part and yeah even a couple weeks ago on my birthday we were um can't remember exactly what we're doing oh we were coming back to like play um beer pong with you guys online um and there was no real reason for Joseph to come and meet me at work, but he went across the street from my work. There's a Starbucks. He went and got me a birthday cake, cake pop, because he knows I like them, mm. and came over with it and was like, it's your birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday. And like met me from work mm. so we could go home together. Like, yeah. Um, and even like those kind, small gestures um, of somebody being like, even like a couple weeks ago, there's somebody that I knew was coming into the office for a particular day and she is gluten-free. She's celiac. So um, I was like, oh, she's coming into the office. Um, the day before I went to the grocery store and got like a bag of like um, little like chocolate ball things um, that were gluten-free just to mm-hmm. take. And another person in the office also was picking up like um, something on the way in from Cobbs so she knew that pretty much nothing at Cobbs is going to be gluten-free so she picked up something on the side for her too so and this person was nearly in tears because she was like I can't believe you guys remembered that I can't have gluten um yeah it's honestly the small things like that yeah and she's so lovely that um I hope I can consider her a friend and um but that was just like one small thing and it feels not that it you do it because it makes you feel nice, but there is a part of you that will do it because it makes you feel nice, and because mm-hmm. yeah, um, that's, that's just who, who humans are. Um, yeah, but that's how you also know that you're creating friendships. That somebody will go out of your way to be like, "Oh, I should do this for this person," and you don't feel it's like an obligation. You may think it like, "Oh, well, I should do it for that person because that would be a nice thing to do," but that's also just like your body being like this would be like a really good thing like not just for that person but for me like and doing those like small things all the time it builds up communities and yeah and not that like necessarily that person who's coming to the office would feel lonely but maybe she feels a little more accepted at coming into the office now Mm -hmm. um and it's so important for those things and those small little gestures um I think there's a saying somewhere that, like, helping others helps you. Yeah. Because, like, it just, it makes you feel good for one thing, but also, like, seeing seeing other people that happy is, and I think, like, Eleanor Oliphant definitely learns that because, like, Mm -hmm. when 
like she's going to meet with like Raymond's mom mm-hmm. and she's like helping and she realizes that like and that makes her feel good or even any of the stuff like with Sammy like that that all of that is kind of what triggers her to realize like that's what life is about kind of like being part of a community and like helping others yeah so uh, what else do I have to say uh, there was something that just popped into my head a second ago. Oh, um, like when I was going to like um, see a counselor and stuff, I remember her um, saying, like, you can ask people for help. Your friends will want to help. And I was like, oh, yeah, but like, I don't want to burden anybody. And she was like, um, think about a situation where you helped somebody. How'd that make you feel? And I was like, oh, pretty good. And she was like, yeah, yeah. so think about that the other way around. People want to help you. Um, yeah. It may feel embarrassing or whatever, but people genuinely want to help you. And if they're that good in your life, like, it will make them feel good that you've reached out to them. Um, Yeah, exactly. And, but when you're in that moment, feeling like a burden is the absolute worst. But when you have, like, a good support system set up, which in this case, that wasn't really there. um, It did eventually, like, come out with the end. She now does have people in her like little support system but it's just sad that it like took that long yeah that long and yeah the fact that like the state was involved too at points like Mm -hmm. that there's nothing there um yeah yeah and i don't know like what like they could have done like because it even like describes a point where like a social worker comes around i think she said like once a month or once every yeah, six months or something like that i don't remember like what that. the timeline was on it um and for them to not pick up on that re- yeah yeah well and i realize you know social work is such a hard and job to have but how many cases does that social worker have on their plate can they actually mm-hmm. sit down and assess somebody at the time like like to the full extent yeah. that like you want them to like and it's not yeah. anything against like any social workers. They're absolutely amazing people, but there's so much on their plate that it's so mm-hmm. overwhelming. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess the only other thing really like Yeah, so it's it's probably fair to say it's not my favorite book. Like I think ultimately in the end I did end up I don't even know if I can really say I enjoyed it, but it was better than I thought it was going to be at mm-hmm. the beginning. The, that transition from good days to bad days mm-hmm. was seriously like a slap in the face. Like, yeah. And that was so jarring. Mm-hmm. And then all of the chapters like where she's describing her mental state, like where she literally wakes up like underneath the table and she has all of these ways to kill herself lined up. And she just keeps drinking. And even, like, the the guy who's at, like, the shop where she goes to buy more alcohol, like, he recognizes that something is wrong. And he doesn't do anything. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I just... That was such a hard part to read. And I literally, like, after it, I had to put the book down. And I had to, like, watch an episode of Bob's Burgers because I was like, it was so mm-hmm. dark. It made me feel so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That I had to, like, be happy for a second, like. Even we were talking about the other, like, day, um, just how, like, if you, 
are um, addicted to alcohol, if you try to quit cold turkey, it can result in you dying. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, during the pandemic, liquor stores did not close because they were an essential item. Because mm-hmm. if people don't have that, they can die. They could die. It's yeah. not something that you can just like quit and it'll be okay. Um, yeah. It can be very dangerous. And I think that that's almost like, yeah, where like that like person in the store does have a responsibility. Um, but if he... But if it yeah. was me, I would have no idea what to do. Like No, and I and think you can only because... not serve people if they're impaired. So if they're coming in and they're not impaired yeah. at the time, yeah. you... Um, but again, yeah, I don't really know where the line is of you like being able to assess that somebody's impaired because you sometimes you can see people who are drunk in the store, but like they still have to be But served. alcoholics are going to be really good at... Masking them. Uh, yeah. And I just think it was interesting because she went to that same store all the time and he knew her Mm -hmm. like he obviously didn't know her but like he knew who she was and that he recognized that she comes in here a lot and when she came in she was literally wearing like whatever Mm -hmm. she she obviously looked rough Mm -hmm. and to see her that way as opposed to what she normally would be which is probably like her regular probably her work outfit if she's coming home from work Mm -hmm. um gets her groceries and then goes home that seemed to be like the routine um yeah like to see her from that to this must have been like jarring Mm -hmm. and he must have known something was wrong and i mean like you said where's where's the line like how do you know like what's actually going on but Mm -hmm. And I don't even know what you would do in that. Like, would you call, like would you call the police and do a welfare check? Like, what would you like? What would be the course of action there? Who knows? There's no way that you could do that though, because he wouldn't know where she lives. Um, true, that's true. He probably doesn't know her full name. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're put in a really like um, precarious position with that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And just think about like what would have happened if she hadn't formed that connection with Raymond, even though it was, like, fairly minimal at that point. Like, didn't mm-hmm. they didn't become, like, great friends until after. Like, they were acquaintances, I would say. Yeah. But he recognized that she was missing, and she wouldn't have done that. And that's what made him go over to her place. Yeah. <sighs> it's just scary to think about, like, what would have happened if she was actually truly alone. Mm-hmm. Like, she wouldn't have been there. Yeah. And then what? I think about that kind of things all the time. Um, when Joseph went away um, traveling in the States. Now, fair enough, I had you and Evan living here too. Um, but I was like walking down the side of the house and I was like, if I fell right now, mm-hmm. um, I think it was like a day where I came home and I, like my cell phone had died and stuff like that. I was like, mm-hmm. I would have to wait for like if I fell and like broke my ankle or something or like knocked myself out. Or when I've been at home sometimes too. Like a couple weeks ago, I don't know what the flying fuck I was doing. Um, <laughs> I had like my head deep in a cupboard and then I like got up, but I like knocked my head off the corner of the unit as I was getting up. And that's the worst place you can knock it. And I like, within minutes, I had an egg on my head and I was like, yeah. oh my God. And I felt like a little nauseous when I stood up. 
So mm-hmm. immediately I like texted Joseph. I was like, hey, I just bumped my head. I feel like puking. And he was like, oh my God, do I need to come home? And I was like, I think I'm fine. But I just like yeah. want you to be aware because like if you didn't tell somebody that and then like I say passed out or something, he comes home, he would have no idea what happened what yeah. happened at all. But um, yeah, all that kind of thing scare me a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, even this is not the same at all. I would be found eventually, but. Evan has these like headphones that are noise canceling mm-hmm. and when he's playing on the computer he can't hear me like if I'm talking to him mm-hmm. from the doorway he can't hear me yeah and it's all it's it's kind of fun because I like sneak up on him and yeah. scare the shit out of him like every five minutes but anyway that's besides the point <laughs> I, like, I like I'm that. afraid to <laughs> I'm afraid to shower when he's playing video games because mm-hmm. I'm like what if I fall in the shower and like die mm-hmm and like I, he can't hear me screaming or something. Yeah. You know. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. I did like though at the end, like the ending is very is actually very hopeful. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish like she and Raymond would have gone together in the end, but I realize that that's not what the the story is about. Yeah, more to do with like friendship rather than like romance. Um. Yeah. Which. There's nothing wrong with having, like, guy friends in your life. Just a friend. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I, I liked that, like, also he brought her a cat, which is, like, see, like it's a very presumptuous thing to do. Like, that's oh, a lot yeah. to ask somebody. But it really helped her. And mm-hmm. I, like, just thought about how, like, my pets bring a lot to my life, even though they're little fucking shitbags sometimes. Yeah. Even last um, weekend, we were a around a cat, and I was like, Joseph, I really want a cat now. Um, <laughs> you guys are allergic. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't react that badly to the cat, so I was quite surprised. They must have like less of a fluffy temperament than like Butters did. Um, yeah. Well, but... I think you can get cats that are like hypoallergenic. They're supposed to be hypoallergenic. But... Yeah, and for the longest time, I think thought they were only hairless cats, and I'm really sorry. They creep me <laughs> out so bad. Um, there's no way I'd be having one of those. But um, yeah, it was a really sweet cat, and it, like, I, but the thing is. Some cats seem to know that I'm mm-hmm. the one that's more allergic because immediately mm-hmm. they're right over me. But it's maybe just because they can sense that I want to love them the most. Um, because I can't. Well, love I think them. also cats will pinpoint the person who doesn't, who won't like, who is avoiding them. Yeah. <laughs> like not that. I, like I know you love, like you love, but you love yeah. animals and butters, but. You know, you generally try to avoid touching him because it'll, uh, like, yeah. bother you. But he always... He always would just come over anyway. Um, yeah. So he created, like, ended up with such a cute bond with Joseph. It was just so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, he did love Joseph. <laughs> but, yeah, this cat was just so cute. And afterwards, I was like, Joseph, I didn't react really bad to that cat. We should just get one. <laughs> he was like, oh, my God. Um... I don't think my parents would allow me to move back in with them. My dad doesn't like cats, so. Um. <laughs> well, you know what? Evan didn't like cats. He wasn't super fond of cats until he met his sister's cat, Bubba. Mm-hmm. And he was just a big, chubby... Yeah, I don't know. I love cats. I've always loved cats. I think I'm more of a cat person than a dog person now. I used to think I was an all-animal person. Mm-hmm. I love all this, but like... Oh my god, he is just so much work. Cats will just come to you whenever they mm-hmm. need attention. Like, Aldous needs constant attention. And I realize he's still a puppy. Yeah. But 
yeah and I'm just kind of, I'm just the kind of person who like needs to be left alone sometimes yeah. and I think that just me and cats are just like that in the same yeah. way so anyway ultimately in the end the the ending was hopeful oh, I was going somewhere with this with the cat you got onto the cat and like that was a really presumptuous moment but that was just a night with like friends but yeah she and like and like having that even having that so like I guess maybe that's a good thing to say to someone like if you are feeling lonely and isolated get an animal because it's even another just living a cat. creature for you to care about um, yeah and that cares about you yeah and yeah. so I just like that she added that little tidbit because it is a good thing what no I, I just remember very vividly how like Oh, that, that's something that you, like, one is, like, that animal for you to care from. Do you remember the first episode of Chernobyl? <sighs> Where the guy was in, like, the first bit, he, like, has his cat, and then he, like... He obviously knows he's yeah. being watched by, like, the, um... Oh, what's that? See, was it, like... The, um... KGB? KB, K, KGB, yeah. Um, he's obviously being watched, so then he's, like... He realizes he goes and hides like the tail of his story like beside the garbage for somebody to find and he goes up into his house and he lays out all of these trays mm-hmm. of cat food um yeah. for his cat and then she, like I think he hangs himself. Yeah. Um he does. <sighs> that was just upsetting. like oh my god. But your animal will eat you. Yeah, if you die, they will eat you. Um Yeah, I know. They start with the small bits and then work their way. So just be just a warning to people. It happens. Um, I learned about it all in a forensic anthropology course. Okay, but think about it this way: like that's a reason to stay alive, though. Yeah, but sometimes you can just die. So like, okay, yeah, but I've heard that it's like a really good way for people. Like, oh yeah. Sorry, I've read taken off of the like (laughs) inside of things. Yeah, I've read online where people are like, when you were at that like really horrible spot, like what kept you alive and a lot of people say my dog my cat my fish even yeah like they would have no one to feed them or they would have no one to take care of mm-hmm. them and it so in like, turn takes care of you like i completely understand <laughs> that i'm also just telling people that like <laughs> they will eat they will you. eat yeah. you yeah. um if, if you slip and die in your shower they'll eat you yeah for sure eventually um when they can find <sighs> no other source of food Ugh, that's i i don't want to think about that yeah sorry <laughs> That's really sad. The fingers are what they go for first, just FYI. Oh, okay, thank you for <laughs> telling me that. Thank you. Um, yeah. I'm sorry so for that gruesome think... note. Um. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think ultimately it was better than I thought it was going to be. It was not what I expected it to be. But I, I still, like, sitting, sitting here now thinking about how i felt about the book it was kind of forgettable yeah like and i don't understand why people think it's this great piece of literature like it it, like it's great like that it was her debut novel it was really well written and like the character was like perfect in the way that the like i think she meant the character to be Mm -hmm. i just maybe it's just not for me maybe you're right maybe it's just not for me and you know I'd be willing to give this book another go in like a few years time when I've maybe like forgotten entirely about it. Um, 
because then I'm like oh I don't remember this and <laughs> you can have a new yeah. fresh perspective so maybe that's what I need to do is just hold off and try again um but right now it's I can understand why people like it it's just not the book for me and you know yeah. what what this is our eighth book doing and I think this is the first one that I've genuinely been like yeah it's not for me so this I think the first one you didn't like yeah, yeah. so in all honesty we've gone a long time uh for me yep. um yep so I'm okay with it um yeah and I've been trying to think really hard of what I would give this as like a star rating because I really don't want to bash the book because mm-hmm. I think that it it's just maybe not the book for me at this moment but it could potentially be in the future so I'm like it's like a hovering between like uh, I'm gonna say like a three and a half to like a 3.75 like that's a really vague mm-hmm. kind of thing, but I, I don't feel like I can give it like a three because I feel that it deserves a little bit more than that. Um, on Goodreads, it's probably going to get three though, um, just because that's the way their star rating works. But I think for us, it would be like a three and a half, 3.75. Like, yeah, I, I literally can, said three and a half. Yeah, I can give it the merits that it has for what, I think it needs but I can also see that there are points that I didn't like um yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I said three and a half as well Mm -hmm. because yeah like you said I I don't think I could give it a three I think my original thought was a three Mm -hmm. but I was like it is well written and like it does and I mean okay okay. oh this is what I wanted to talk about okay so the the twist at the end Mm -hmm. did you see it like did you see it coming or no yes I saw it coming. Okay. Because I didn't. Like, I... Yeah, I didn't... Okay, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. If you don't want to spoil or skip ahead. But, okay, so her mom turns out to be dead. So mm-hmm. the mom that she was talking to on the phone every Wednesday night, she was imagining it. Which, I guess that's a big twist. But I just... It was, like, not... It wasn't a big enough twist for, and everybody, like, I read a few reviews on Goodreads that was like, oh my god, the twist, I didn't see it coming. And I was like, you consider that a twist? Like, it was an interesting part to read. And I guess, like, to know that she was, like, it was all in her head was, like, It also shows, like, the repression of trauma, like, how severe it can actually be. Um, yeah. Which I thought was a really neat, like, way of showing it. But also, at the same time, it just... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, and I feel like the ending was kind of rushed because, like, all of her, like, counseling and stuff, it does, doesn't does talk about it enough, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it talks about her remembering her sister and then, like, her, like, remembering what actually happened ultimately mm-hmm. in the end with the fire and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I feel like it doesn't go into enough detail on that. Mm-hmm. And there are points throughout where it you slow like and I understand like it's a very slow peel back um of where mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you yeah so which is fine but I feel like it doesn't like talk about how she gets yeah. there but there was one of the moments where I, like one of the peels of like the onion coming back I was like mm, mm. the mom is okay there was something but again it could have been that I saw something about it I don't okay. know but mm-hmm. it wasn't a shock to me. But it could have been 
that while I was struggling through actually reading it, I maybe read something. I don't re- I don't think I read something, but maybe, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It just wasn't that shocking, uh, in my opinion. But I can understand if, like, there's been other books where people are like, oh, you didn't pick up on that? And I'm like, no, I didn't pick up on that. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't pick up on it either. Like, because like, there's, like, those, like, discussion questions at the back of the book. So I read through a few of mm-hmm. them. And one of them was, like... Did, like did you see it coming like where yeah. is it i think it's closer to the end of the question like there there's it was like oh there's hints about like the big twist at the end like did you realize and if you went back and read it now would you have realized that it was that eleanor's mother was dead and i was like I don't like I think I'm pretty good at guessing ends and twists and I was like I don't think that there was anything in particular that would have said that she was not living like what what would have been the big like and the only tell that to say that she was like not alive thing was I think I picked up fairly quickly that her mom was toxic um, oh yeah oh yeah me too yeah so I, I think that sure. would be like the only thing that maybe be like super prevalent but like yeah that was and it was hard to like hear her talk to her but then she because she she was horrible to her she was horrible to her and you could understand that from the way she talked about her but she also praised her mom so much and about like oh mommy would have liked this about this person or like oh mommy said you shouldn't have done that like so she obviously held her mom in high regard, which is what you do when you're a child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is where, like, obviously that point cut off because her yeah. mom, like, is no more. So, like, that's the point of where the relationship stopped and then it's repressed after that point. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But... Um... And I guess I wonder if she, like, created her mother in her head to have someone to talk to. Oh, definitely. Even though she was like horribly abusive and mm-hmm. like talk to- a toxic person, that was the only person you're. I mean, I guess yeah. That's well, a lot of people. The only person you can rely on mm-hmm. sometimes when you're lonely is your mo- your mom. Like that's the person that you would go to. Yeah, and like when you um are in like traumatic relationships with like that, where there is like a parent involved, you often can't you know no different so you can't get (laughs) out from like under that like thumb of like oppression so yeah you think that that's the norm and it's hard to see that it's not and yeah the continuation of that relationship just it seems very it's very logical once you know the whole thing um, yeah and she does pull that through like it does describe a bit of an abusive relationship that eleanor has like in college yeah or whatever where she was dating that guy who was like who who broke her arm yeah but again i like that detail like why yeah like there was no it it added really nothing to the story other than that she was traumatized which we already knew mm-hmm. anyway so that's all i had to say really three and a half three and a half stars would you recommend it to anyone i'd be hesitant <laughs> I'd be hesitant as well. Um, I would let them know a few things about it. And it would be like one of those things that 
if the book left my possession i wouldn't be upset it's not gonna be like i'm phoning up the person or messaging the person being like hey do you still have my book um yeah 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 whereas things like beautiful world and stuff i'm like yo i would like that back though it is in the possession of somebody right now and i know she listens you're okay (laughs) Yeah, that reminds me. My mom still has it. So, yeah. mom, that one I want back for sure. And I made sure to, to tell my mom. I was like, I gave her all my Beth O'Leary books. I was like, these ones come back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like, my mom, I'm not worried about. But I was yeah. like, these ones come back. You you, you do not give these to anybody else. They come back to me. <laughs> Which is funny. I had a friend um, in high school that, um, and I personally prefer paperback novels. Um, this person would buy hardback novels and take the dust jacket off and she would keep the mm. dust jacket, give the book away, so then she would know yeah, that know. she's waiting for the book to come back. I was oh, like, that's that a good idea. smart. That's really smart. But I've also seen like, like little stamps. Yeah, yeah, like I've this seen, belongs like, to the library on... of like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that they, it's like a little like passive aggressive way of being like, give me my fucking book back, yeah. bitch. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a stamp. <sighs> okay. But yeah. Okay, well, I'll keep that in mind. For <laughs> and you. <laughs> great, great. All right, well, is that it? Did we do it? I think so. I think we did it. Yeah. So, and it's not, you know, everyone, you do you. Like, we're here to have a good time. Um, if you think we're fucking wrong and we need to be taught, taught a lesson, you should let us know. Yeah. Email us at Dear Bear Book Club or comment. Actually, <laughs> Someone did comment on my post that I posted about this. I It's unclear about whether they're talking about the post or the book, but I'm just going to read it just for, uh, for the sake of saying somebody else's opinion. Okay, so I posted the post a week ago about this book. Someone commented, perfect, star eyes, 100. <laughs> Yay. P chip 33. So I'm not sure if they're talking about the photo or if they're talking about the book, but thank you so much for your comment. <laughs> Yay. Uh, there you go. Yeah, if you disagree with us, comment on our Instagram. Yeah. DM us. Email us at dearbearbookclub at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and we if we get enough responses, maybe we'll do a mini soda or something. Yeah. Okay, okay, Christy, do you want to announce the next oh, read-along okay. episode, which I'm so fucking excited about, I can't wait. So, the next read-along book that we are doing that will air on June 9th, so that's quite mm-hmm. a bit of time. This will air on June 9th, and we are doing The No Show by Beth O'Leary. Which- Woo! When does that come out again? Oh, it, it's, I got a, a notification. It'll ship this week. Okay. I'm going to just check the exact date. Uh, the no show. Beth O'Leary. I think it came out today. I'm thinking so because it just says in stock on chapters. I'm pulling it up. Oh, no. I think it, I think I said. Oh. April 11th. Today's the 11th. Woo! It's today. Yeah! Yay! Congratulations, Beth O'Leary! Yay! Can't fucking wait to read it. I'm so excited. And uh, hopefully you guys will read along with us so that we can all talk about it together because I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Like it always is. 
so we're all super pumped for this and like <sighs> the audiobook has a stellar cast in it too so i'm excited to like physically read it but also just like have the soothing voices tell mm-hmm. it to me too mm-hmm. so yay that's gonna be our next well, we have lots of we have lots of time to read it yep but i'm sure i'll be reading it as soon as it arrives yes <laughs> um all right and that's it from us this week like i said if you want to talk about anything or suggest books for us to read or themes or anything if you just want to say hi email us at dearbearbookclub at gmail.com or dm us on instagram at dearbearbookclub and thanks for listening as always um rate review and subscribe uh wherever you like to listen to podcasts and we will we'll see you guys later thanks so much for listening bye bye